Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Top of the morning to you. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. We're live in downtown Las Vegas. Starting this hour off, our uh, good lad, Nigel Seeley, joins the program now, longtime friend of the program. We'll talk some soccer and some best bets with Nigel here. Nigel, good morning, mate. Thanks for the time. We appreciate that. Liverpool now four points up of Man City and the table and the prim. Man City had that draw with Chelsea last weekend. Looking ahead to this weekend's match, they get Bournemouth. What do you want to do with City here in this spot as they have 56 points and Liverpool has 60? Yeah, good afternoon to you. Good morning to you guys. Yep. Yeah, uh, lovely to be back. I, well, I, I think it's a real interesting title race we have in their hands over here in England. We haven't had it for many years. Uh, Liverpool had a big win last night. Liverpool decimated by injuries. They've got 11 players out injured at the moment, uh, key players as well. So to get that win was a big, big, big important win. They have a week off this week because it's the cup over in final in England. They have Chelsea in the cup final. They have the weekend off. So it's up to the other teams to to really make a statement and try to get back onto the into winning ways. Um, Man City played Bournemouth this weekend. Um, I think the Premier League this, could, this season could come down to goal differential. It's going to be that close here. So uh, Man City have got to really put a, a number, do a number on a couple of teams coming up. And I think Bournemouth this weekend could be that team that they, they could struggle, they, they could really do a number on. Um, 20 times in the, in the history of these two sides have played, Bournemouth has never beaten Manchester City in their history. Never, ever beaten them. Um, 18 wins for Manchester City, two for Bournemouth. If you look at the last three seasons, uh, early on in the season, Man City went at home against Bournemouth 1-6-1. Uh, last season, they went to Bournemouth and 1-4-1, and at the Etihad, they won 4-0. So in the last three year matches these two sides have played in the Premier League, the aggregate score is 14 goals to Manchester City and two goals to Bournemouth. There's a lot of reasons why I like Man City here. If you look at their goal XG, their data in their last two matches, uh, they should have scored 2.46 goals against Brentford in, in midweek, only won 1-0. So they, they, were, they were creating chances, 
and not putting the ball in the back of the net, which is really unusual for Manchester City when you consider how what attacking flair they have. Haaland had a, a day to forget against Chelsea in the 1-1 draw, but they still created three clear goal-scoring chances that Haaland should have scored. So they are creating the chances. They just had off days. And when teams do create those three goal opportunities, four goal opportunities in matches, and they don't convert, the chances are they are going to convert very quickly. And I think this is a, looks a great matchup for Manchester City against a Bournemouth side that they always beat. They always beat well as well. Uh, there's a couple of other things I like to like about this match. Bournemouth are safe in the Premier League. They, they, they're pretty much okay. They probably need one, maybe two more wins and they'll be safe in the Premier League. But they're, they're pretty safe. They're done. So their season in the Premier League is over. In midweek, they play in the FA Cup uh, here. They play at home to Leicester, a team from the Championship. They're favourites to win that match. And I think that Bournemouth may prioritise that competition rather than this competition. They know they're going to get beat by Manchester City. They, never, they had never beaten them in their history. So I think they might save themselves for the FA Cup game and save themselves from important matches in the Premier League. And I think this looks a perfect matchup for Man City. And I think they'll cover the one and a half goal handicap very easily. And what that means, if you're new to soccer betting, is Man City have to win by two goals or more, a bigger margin than two goals. And you can get plus money on that. I saw plus 105. Some firms are plus 102. Mm. I think that will start minus money when Bournemouth uh, come to the pitch. Bournemouth will try to play football against Manchester City. It's the worst thing you can do. If you start playing them at their own game, they're going to tear you apart. And I think Man City win by a very, very comfortable margin on Saturday. All right, how about Monday, Brentford against West Ham? Well, this is an interesting one for me because both of these sides are in, in pretty shocking form. I mean, Brentford have only won two out of 14. Um, and West Ham have a one in, in eight. So these are two sides that are really, really, really in poor form. Uh, Brentford need for the points is a lot more than West Ham. Brentford are involved in a relegation battle. They probably need these. They do need the points more than West Ham. West Ham are safe, but West Ham are in turmoil at the moment. Their, their last performance was a six-nil home defeat against Arsenal. All the supporters left at halftime. There's no wins in five. They haven't scored in three get three games. And West Ham look aside. There's always teams in the Premier League when you get to around about spring, sort of sort of February, sort of March time. Who, who have got nothing to play for. They're safe from relegation. They can't get in the Champions League. They can't get into Europe and their form dips. And West Ham look like that kind of team at the moment. Uh, if you look at uh, Brentford, I know they've had some bad run of form, but they've lost their last four matches, their last four defeats. They've come to Manchester City twice, Liverpool and Tottenham, at Tottenham. So they, they, they haven't been beat, being beaten by teams in or around them. They've got a good record against teams in or around them. And there's a couple of other reasons why I like this. Manchester, um, this is a London derby. So both these sides are situated in London. Brentford is south uh, west London, uh, and west London, sorry. And uh, it, uh, West Ham is east London. So these are, it's a London derby. And Brentford, prior to the match against Arsenal this season, went 14 matches in London derbies where they weren't beaten. They didn't lose. They, they drew a lot of them but they didn't lose. And since they've returned to the Premier League in five matches, they've beaten West Ham home and away every single time they played in the Premier League. Uh, they've got Ivan Tony back, their striker. They've got a, a, they've got a good manager. And I think that they're, they're a side that need the points. Well. I just don't think West Ham win this game. It wouldn't surprise me to be a draw, but I want to fade West Ham in some capacity. And I think the best way mm. to do that is to bet Brentford on the draw-no-bet market, which is around about even money. Minus 102 is the best I saw. But I think getting with Brentford in a match, historically, they have a very good record in is the way to go against West Ham. All right. Follow the money. Paulie and Mitch Vies in the Sports Betting Network. Nigel Seeley, our guest at Seeley underscore Nigel on X. How about a future now? 
It's a great race in League Two. Stockport has 62 points, Mansfield Town 60, and Wrexham 59. They have a match in hand. What do you think of Wrexham here, three to one, to win the table after a slow start? Well, I mean, I've been on this show all season, and I sort of said that uh, at the beginning of the campaign, I wanted to fade Wrexham. You know, they're the big story, the American owners, and everyone knows all about them, the documentary they have about the club. Yeah. And I always thought they were being priced up a little bit on the low side because of they knew that money would be behind them. Um, I always said when they got their players back and we got down to the stretch, they'd come strong because they've got the best squad, they had the most money, they had the biggest squad, and they have the best home fan base, there's no doubt about it, in this level of football. So now that they're in, within touching distance, after sort of an indifferent start to the campaign, dropping points, I think now's the time that the, the cream will rise to the top, and I think they'll really go on a run. Uh, Stockport are showing signs of, of nerves. I mean, they, they haven't won in their last three matches. Uh, Mansfield, I saw firsthand a couple of weeks. I wasn't really impressed with Mansfield. I didn't think they were that good. But they've, they've gone on some big wins. They won 9-2 uh, a couple of weeks ago, but they got beat their last game. But Wrexham, I think now 3-1 to one is the time to bet them to win League 2. If you can get on with your book, I'd, I'd bet them now. And one of the, the chief reasons I like them is that their home form is absolutely the best in the division. Uh, I mean, they, they've they've got the best record at home. I think they've won 12 of their 14 matches. Um, so they've got a really, really good home record. And they've got to play both of the teams at the top at home. They've got to play Mansfield at home and they've got to play Stockport at home. They played Stockport on the final day of the season at home, which would be an incredible atmosphere. But I think because they're at home, they've already gone to those places. They've already played them. Their fixture list is a lot much, is a lot easier. And I think the nerves are showing. And I, now, I think now with injuries, lots of games coming thick and fast, especially around Easter time, you see it. Lots of soccer matches, and this is where the teams with the biggest squads at this level, League Two and League One, really, really shine. And I think Wrexham at three to one here is the time to have bet them. Um, I'm quite confident on that. I really do. I think they were the best team. They were the the, the, few, the favourites at the start of the season, but uh, now that they're in touching distance, three points to go, and a win takes them level with Stockport with the game in hand. Mm. And the fact they're playing both at home, I think. We should we should bet Wrexham out to win this division. How about a side League Two Saturday, Bradford City? Yeah, I'm going to go with Bradford. Uh, they're against Barrow. I mean, the reason I like this bet is because Barrow have been massively overachieving this season. Barrow were one of the favourites to sort of mid-table relegation battle. And Bradford, one of the teams that everyone expected to to do well, it never really worked out that season. When you look at the league table, you look at sixth, Barrow in sixth, and Bradford are in thirteenth, and you think, why am I betting them? Well, there's only three points separating the teams from 7th and 16th, the final playoff spot. It's incredible in League 2. Anybody can beat anybody. Barrow have lost their last three, and they're sort of reverting back to where they, their mean was, where they're expected to do. Last weekend, they got beat 5-3 at Salford, which is a really, really bad performance. And Bradford have won their last three uh, in the league. They beat Wrexham at Wrexham 1-0. There were only two teams that beat Wrexham. Bradford were one of the teams. They've got the best two goal scorers in the division in Bradford, and they haven't conceded in their last five. So they've kept clean sheets of shutouts in their last five matches. So Bradford have always been a side that have been underachieving, but now they're showing their form. And Barrow overachieving and now going back to the mean. And I think that Bradford here to beat Barrow is a great price. Plus 190, you can get on Bradford to win it. And if they win, they're only like literally two points behind Barrow. And the race for the playoffs is incredible in that division. So it is a league where anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And since January, at that lower level, a lot of players have gone. A lot of players are on loan. A lot of players have left. 
So the team that you saw in September and October doesn't really look at the same as the team that starts now. A lot of people look at league form. A lot of people look at, at, at recent results. They haven't won in seven. They haven't lost in 12. That's irrelevant in League Two because they turn over about 40, 50 players a season because they, they're unknown. They get rid of their best players in January and have to bring another six or new, new players in. So on where we are now, Bradford are a much better side than Barrow. The league table does lie on some occasions, and on this occasion, I think it's uh, it's telling porky pies. But Bradford, for me, plus 190 on the money line to beat Barrow's the bet. That was awesome stuff, my man. As always, you can follow Nigel on X. He's at silly underscore Nigel. Thank you, pal. We appreciate it. Best of luck this week. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a good week. Yep. You too. Thanks. So as he was chatting, I was able to find um, shop around as always, right? The price on Man City laying a goal and a half is plus 105 at one book. It's minus 130 at another. That's a huge difference. Yeah. They were uh, seventy not that long ago, but then the Chelsea debacle. So we'll see if they can. Liverpool can do it for Klopp on the way out, but... Um, I did. Uh, that's, that could be a tough fit. And then the, they play March 10th. All right. That could decide it. You could be right, though. It could be gold differential, too. Let's follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Tonight's NBA card is up next. The latest on who's in, who's out, line moves, especially with LeBron out. That's coming up next. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Looking for a betting edge? College hoops. VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get the best bet. Email every pick, every host, every guest. 24-7 video access. The upcoming College Hoops betting guide. Bracket breakdowns. Full access to the betting splits for every game. 
VEASAN.com slash pro. Subscribe today, VEASAN.com slash pro. Great job by the NBA. I think they were uh, maybe a little fortunate with some of the games that landed like they are tonight. For example, like the OKC Clippers game. Just a random matchup, a non-divisional matchup here, but both teams are you know, right there in the mix potentially for the one seed. That's a great game to begin the, uh, I guess, the, the back mm-hmm. end of the season tonight. Knicks Sixers, very important game on the schedule. Knicks catching one tonight at Philly. Are they going to get Embiid back with enough time where they can actually get it together going into the playoffs? Or is this going to be a uh, lost season for Philadelphia? I don't know. I can't answer that. I that 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 with his and then if he comes back, how long can he get on the floor? In terms of because you know the injury's coming too, or he's just going to miss a game, and that that happened last year as well. That's a tough one. In the West, there's three tiers. You have Minnesota, OKC, and the Clippers. The fight for the one seed, as we've talked about the last couple of days. Denver probably going to be in the three four range. Although, you know, you can't completely dismiss them and count them out. Although the schedule games there are key, is key, and they're three behind Minnesota, and Minnesota also has a tiebreaker. Although they've only met once, and Minnesota buried them. Then you got Phoenix, New Orleans, Dallas. That five, six, seven range, and Julian making the case for Dallas to win the division. And then, even though they have 23 losses, but you can put Sacramento in that L.A. Uh, with Golden State in L.A. as well because Sacramento's schedule is so difficult and it's just the Lakers are have a battle on their hands because uh, LeBron could miss the next se- couple games and their schedule and six games under 500 on the road. So it appears that we're going to have L.A. in that 9-10 range. They know that's going to happen because Houston and Utah taking a step back and then Sacramento looking at maybe the 9 or 10 as well because their schedule is so difficult the rest of the way as well. So that's where your three tiers here with the West. We know our 10 playoff teams or 10 teams that are going to be fighting this out playing and playoffs, it appears now. Yeah, it looks like the, the Jazz yep. now are fading away quickly. Yep, yep. And with those two losses at home to Golden State, that was tough. Yep. But it uh, looks like we are, we're set with our 10 teams, but we got those the three tiers now in the West. And, and the BPI is fascinating with ESPN, that they project Golden State the eight, then the Lakers, then Sacramento, and Golden State with an easy schedule the rest of the way, and they've won eight of ten. Golden State has the sixth easiest schedule, OKC the seventh, and Denver has the eighth easiest schedule overall. I wonder how much importance that team is putting on home court advantage in the playoffs, because a lot of times, like a championship team, as they age a little bit, not that Denver is getting ancient in front of our eyes, but eventually that will catch up with them down the road. And they look at it and say, well, just get us, get us in the playoffs. We're going to be fine. Home field or home court doesn't matter. But Denver's home court yep. is awesome. And last year, I mean, well, they went on a, it, I mean, that was a mission of mercy last year in the playoffs anyway. And they took out teams in a body bag. Doesn't matter really where they played. But maybe they just, with this schedule... We're talking about other teams, and it's not like the Nuggets have a meat grinder to go through. It's one of the easiest in the entire league. Yeah, and they are sitting there three games out of the you know the one seed right now. Right. Okay. Okay. C schedule's very easy, but do they have enough where they can pull this off? And certainly Minnesota has a doable schedule. But I mean, do you trust them? You know, you're right. They times they look great, and other times they have bad losses. And uh, can they hold off Denver and uh, win that division and get the one seed too? And then the the Clippers. 
I mean, what do you, what are the Clippers thinking about this? Is it health and get these guys ready? That's the whole thing. George and Kawhi always getting hurt, uh, and, and maybe it could be their year. But it's also not a great home court advantage right. because of the lack of Clipper fans, and um, it's not a tough place to play either. But certainly they have a t- tough schedule the rest of the way. And I did play under, uh, I played under fifty six and a half wins adjusted win total on the Clippers because I think that's a big ask when you look, even though they're playing so well at that schedule with what's left and how they're going to treat this and, and who knows who's going to get the one, the two, and the three. Okay, so they have 29 games left on the schedule for the regular season. Yeah, you're talking about 21 and 8, 22. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's asking a bit much. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. That, I think that's a pre- pretty good fi- that Because to me, again, what you said makes a lot of sense, right? Not a great home court. And if you could you know, pull these players into a room and ask them, hey, what's more important? Do you want home court or do you want to be fresh for the playoffs? I think every single player on the team is going to say, yeah, man, mm-hmm. uh, we get it. We've been around for a long time. We just want to be as close to 100% as possible. It doesn't matter where we play these games. So I don't, that, that would be one team where it's like the one seed really does, it's not the biggest deal for them. Minnesota's young. This is a great turnaround from last year. It did not work in year one under Rudy right. Gobert, and now this year has been a complete revelation. Well, you could see shenanigans, though, too, as well. I mean, this is, I mean, yeah, you want to get the one seed, but then you could be looking at Golden's, be looking at Steph Curry or LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, in the first-round matchup, too. So uh, I do like Dallas tonight, though. They've won six in a row. I know people are saying look at the opponents, although they did bury OKC in one of those games. But Dallas has been hot and uh, taken on Phoenix and looks like no Beal tonight. But, uh, it's re- again, we talk about this all the time. It's refreshing. They can't stand one another. The Luka-Booker uh, hatred and uh, sky-high total as well. Great way to open up on TNT. And then we close with the Lakers. And the Warriors, although it's unfortunate LeBron's out, who knows when he comes back. Perfect timing. We talked about that prop yesterday. He could miss the game tomorrow. He's out tonight. He could miss the game Sunday against Phoenix. Uh, They have three meetings left, two after this one tonight. Lakers won the first one in Golden State. And again, this uh, Golden State won 8-10. Could be 9-10. You lost that 14-point lead at home against the Clippers when Kawhi didn't play. And uh, Warriors also playing good ball, too. So uh, you're getting carried away here, though, with six, five and a half. But then again, you always see a team, usually they they uh, bring a lot to the table and, and, and you have a good showing even when a superstar's out. We see it time and time again in the NBA. So the Lakers have, you're right, three left with Golden State. They have two left with the Bucks, two left with the Wolves. They have one each against OKC, the Cavaliers, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. They have some powerhouse teams on the schedule left. And this is why, I mean, but the, the the team with the number one most difficult schedule in the NBA, and it's quite frankly not even close, yeah. it's Phoenix. Paulie, they have two left against the Celtics, the Wolves, the Thunder, the Cavaliers, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. What's a price on the Suns to be in the play-in game? I got to look that up. Yeah, that could happen. That's the team that I have circled. Yep. And I think that, I mean, look at it again tonight. Bradley Beal questionable. Are we going to go on a stretch here in the final 25-plus games where those three, Bradley Booker, Devin, uh, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant are going to play like in 18 out of those games? It's highly unlikely at this point. Mm-hmm. So they just they can't get healthy combined. Um, it's a very difficult schedule. They haven't been great. I mean, I know they're the five seed. In terms of covering numbers, they're one of the worst teams in the entire NBA. 
But if they're a big enough number to maybe drop back a couple of spots here and be in the playing game, I could get invested in that. I agree with you on that one. Yep. The other one, too, uh, what is it? Washington's lost nine in a row. They're getting 15 and a half in Denver. I think they're going to have the worst record when it's all said so and do done, I. not Detroit. So do I. Detroit yep. has eight wins. So you know, after there were some trades, Detroit was saying, okay, now it's a better locker room, uh, what happened. But, uh, I mean, what pools out there just getting exercise. Mm-hmm. Some of the horrible performances he's had. And then Kuzma could have gone to Dallas. But uh, that was those were interesting comments. Well, I want to play on a, a championship contender. Well, you could have went to the Mavs. He goes, I said championship contender. That was interesting. Uh, but he's, he stands, stays put with Washington. Uh, this team is just awful, and they can't get any stop. So Denver could pretty much uh, name, their, name their score tonight in this one. And I think when it's all said and done, Detroit will have more wins than Washington. And then also speaking— I found a, I yep. found a play in price for what the do you Suns. Have? Yep. Ah, it's minus 105. Not bad. No? You want, you want to do, do better than that? Man, I was hoping for some plus money on that. Okay. Well— I mean, that schedule is a bear, what you talked about. Yeah. And then they're, they're so close with these uh, other teams as well. Um, and then you have uh, the Magic and Cavs game. Cavs laying six and a half against Orlando. Orlando, a great story. See if the Cavs can get the two seed. And uh, it was a tough two-game stretch there before the break when they lost as a 10-point favorite to the Sixers and then had to hang on for dear life to beat the Bulls. But there's, they got through that easy stretch of that schedule, which is why we uh, took them 8-1 to one to win the division. Now they're minus 360. Not that easy coming up, though. So now you're getting guys back and you're getting healthy. That's a tough stretch to start in March, and we'll see if they can hang on and get past the Bucks here. With uh, uh, They have the tiebreaker, too. So it's essentially what we're looking at, a five-game lead now over the Bucks with the tiebreaker in the Bucks 3 and 7 under Doc Rivers. Other injuries to watch tonight. DeMontis Sabonis, illness. Yep. He's doubtful for the game for the Kings. Brandon Ingram, uncertain. And LaMelo Ball ruled out tonight uh, for the Hornets in their game against the Jazz. Up next, college basketball, Pat Forty. I know they lost last night, but you want a game coming up on Saturday? How about Kentucky and Alabama? I don't. What's that total going to open up for that game on Saturday? Welcome back. We're live downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino, Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard. Pat Forty has been one of the very best at covering college basketball and college football for many, many years. You can follow him on X. He's at by Pat Forty. Read him in Sports Illustrated. Pat, thanks for the time today. How you been? Hey, doing well, guys. How about y'all? Yeah, doing well. Good, doing well. So this kind of escalated quickly, huh, in college football? Uh, you don't even have two seconds to enjoy the idea of going to 12 teams. Um, is this really going to happen? It's going to be like a two-year process and then whoop, get out of the way. Here comes 14 or maybe even more down the road. Yeah, that seems to be the way uh, things are headed. Um, I'm not there, but but that's the direction. The quote-unquote momentum toward a bigger playoff with more automatic bids. Uh, you know, we'll see uh, – how long it takes, but yeah, that, I mean, like that, that, that appears to be the thing is, but you know, these guys worked and fought and pushed for a 12 team playoff that I think is going to be awesome. And before ever even watching it before enjoying it before seeing, ah, okay, maybe we need to tweak this or that. I don't want to change it. We'll get two years of a 12 team playoff, but then after that, we're going to get something else because 
college sports can't leave itself alone long enough to see how it's doing before it wants to change things. Yes, well said. Uh, Should we just get rid of conference title games then? I'd be in favor of that. I've never liked the conference title games. Um, You know, I think that whether whether they're in favor of that or not, I think there's there's kind of a split there. There's some that, that would like to do away with conference title games, but there's also people that, hey, there's a lot of money involved there, A, and then B, uh, say, well, that's an easy way to at least declare our conference champion and our second automatic qualifier, which we're going to want those for some of these conferences. Yeah. What, what's your level of concern that the Big Ten and SEC will get most of these bids? Uh, high. Yeah. Uh, it's very high because, you know, there were, there were reports that, that there had been discussion of up to four bids guaranteed for each of them. And here's my problem with that is those leagues already should be able to get those bids without having them handed to them. They don't need the protection of having them built in every single time. You know, they're going to have the most teams. They're going to have the most money. They're going to have the best teams. They're probably going to get those bids. Now, asking that they're being protected is is this extra level of power play here that, that I find off-putting. It's like, okay, so if we're talking about a 14-team playoff, which right. would probably look a lot like the NFL's 14-team playoff, where you get two buys and the other 12 teams all play each other, in a first round and you go from there to quarterfinals and so on. Uh, but if you do that, you are, if you're going to copy the NFL, here's what they don't do in the NFL. They don't say, well, NFC East, you guaranteed, you're guaranteed three spots in the playoff. AFC East, you're guaranteed three. No, it's, it goes year by year. Who's earned it. Who deserves it. Every, the conference champions, the four conference champions, division champions get in. And then the three wild cards, are from wherever the best teams are. And that's what the, what it should be. But these guys, even with all the advantages, they want more advantages. They're scared that somehow they're going to get left out. Right. What would you do if you're Notre Dame? I mean, they're up against it because they're not in a conference. And then if, even if, they have a, if they're ranked number one or have a great year, they'd be seated fifth, no? Yeah, right. Well, that, I mean, hey, Notre Dame, uh, you know, agreed to this sort of setup um, with the 12 team. And so... I think Notre Dame, I'm not sure 14 necessarily changes the equation much for Notre Dame, other than obviously, yes, it would, had there be fewer number of at-large bids. Uh, so, you know, do they feel threatened by that? I, they might, they might. But, you know, bottom line is this is primarily an SEC and Big Ten power play and everybody else get out of the way. Yeah, well said. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, our guest, Pat Forty. On X at by Pat Forty. Read him at Sports Illustrated. You've covered Rick Pitino for I can't even a long, long time. Put it that way. I love the guy as a coach. Uh, I think he's one of the best of all time. However, has anybody like in his spot ever done a better job at becoming as unlikable as he is? And he did it again after the loss when they blew a huge lead against Seton Hall over the weekend. I mean, uh, first of all, are you even surprised with his comments after that game? Uh, oh no, no, not at all. This is. I, I have covered Rick Pitino since 1990, Oof. and if he has a bad loss, everybody look out because he's going to be spraying <laughs> blame around at everyone but himself. And the hyperbole is going to flow. This team is useless. My assistants are useless. The players can't do this. They can't do that. The season's ruined. Blah 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 blah. And then usually that team will turn around and be okay. 
Like I remember in 1991 with a team had a bad loss early against Pittsburgh and, and he was like, just so disgusted with them. You know, they were, the, the, they were going to be terrible. It was like the third game of the season. That was the unforgettables that played in that 1992 Duke uh, mm. classic game. Uh, you know, that, that team ended up pretty good. Yeah. In 1997, he canceled senior day festivities when they lost to South Carolina. Uh, that season was ruined. Well, they played in the national championship game and lost in overtime there. You know, the sky is always falling with Rick when he loses games. And it's always going to be, you know, this spraying of blame all over the place. And that's why he doesn't lose very much because he is such a miserable, bad loser. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, th- this was this one though to just attack the players though seemed off the charts though, and just go bound down the entire roster that this guy doesn't do this well. This guy struggles with this and on and on and on. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I've heard it before. Sorry. <laughs> okay. there's, there's nothing new in that necessarily. <laughs> it's just we haven't heard from Rick for a while. He was in Greece. He was at Iona. Been off the grid a little bit. He's back, and he's still the same guy. Yeah. There's a prop up here. Purdue, UConn against the field. Purdue and UConn uh, minus 330, or it's plus 260. The no, the no minus 330, risking 330 to win 100. What do you think? Boy, that's an interesting one. Uh, it's a good, it's an intriguing one. Given what we've seen this week, give me the field. Yeah, um, you know, I, and I would say that anyway, just – First of all, because Purdue is Purdue. I mean, look at their track record in the NCAA tournament. You can't trust them. They've had a great season. Again, they may. this may be the year they get over the hump. They also lost last year to Fairleigh Dickinson. They lost to St. Peter's. They've lost uh, in the first round of North Texas, in the first round of Little Rock. Yep. yep. Uh, you just, you just I, I would definitely, if they're part of the deal, give me the field. UConn may be a bit of a different animal. And while... Uh, that was a bad loss in terms of just being blown out. Creighton's a good team. So, you know, losing to Creighton at Creighton is not necessarily a, a terrible loss. But I would take the field, I think, in that, yeah. Paulie. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agreed on that, by the way. And Creighton just, it was one of those games where they could not miss. I mean, it was 14 of 28 from downtown. So it's going to be tough to beat a team like that. You're going to be at the Purdue game tonight against Rutgers. They're a huge favorite tonight. Um, Rutgers, they're tricky to play against. They have the number two defensive efficiency at Ken Palm overall, but offensively it can be hideous at times. Do you expect the Boilermakers to blow them out tonight? Uh, probably, yeah, especially bouncing back from, a, from that upset loss to Ohio State. I mm-hmm. do. The thing, here's the intrigue with Rutgers, all right, is Jeremiah Williams had not played mm-hmm. all season, and they get him back and they reel off four straight wins, and then they had lost. What if they, you know, what if they beat Purdue? What if they keep winning? How do you evaluate them if you're the committee? Right now, they're not an NCAA tournament team, but they can also say, we didn't have our team until February. Now, judge us by what we're going to be in February and March, and that may be totally different. So Rutgers has a little bit of intrigue for me. Could have an intriguing case there. A game coming up on Saturday at Patino's former team, now, of course, John Calipari's been there for a long, t- long, long time. They lost last night at the gun to LSU. This team's looking at maybe eight conference losses, not an easy schedule the rest of the way. I don't know. Are they going to land on like the seventh seed overall? How many points would you need to bet the under in Alabama, Kentucky? If I told you it's going to open up 175, uh, is that too many, or would you still go over that? Oh, I'd go over that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, 
the tempo at which Alabama is playing and the defense of Kentucky and then the shot-making ability of both teams. I mean, that, that has 90 to 85 at least written on it, probably more. That's probably more like 105 to 100, I think. That should be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, Alabama, it's, it's interesting. They've, you know, under NATO, this has been the style. Play super fast, all threes and dunks, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And this year they're maybe even more extreme than the past. You know, they've taken it up another notch. And so we're going to see, does that, can you win a national title playing that way? He hasn't had great NCAA tournament no. success, a couple notable flameouts. But they, they have embraced the style and doubled down on it, that's for sure. Very true. You can follow Pat on X. He's at ByPat40. Read him at Sports Illustrated. Does a great job covering college football and college basketball. Has for many, many years. Pat, great to talk to you as always. Thanks for the time. Hey, you too, guys. Thank you. Yep, Thank you, sir. I'm with him, too. If that opens up 175 for the game on Saturday, I'm still going over. I think it might open higher than that, actually. All right. I'm also with them. We, we're not even going to enjoy the 12th. <laughs> we're talking 14, 16. Yep. And th- this, they fought the playoff, the idea of a playoff for decades. NFL draft props coming up next. Odds for teams drafting McCarthy, Daniels, Penix, and Marvin Harrison. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Great offer on DraftKings. New customers can deposit $5, get a no-sweat bet up to 1000 in bonus bets. If, first, if your first bet loses, download the app. Use promo code VSIN when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Everyone used to say the perfect number for a playoff in college was 8. And then they go to 12, 
and they approved the 5 plus 7 format for 24 and 25. 26 remains up in the air. The SEC is expected to push for no automatic bursts. Will the Big Ten join in? Stuart Mandel writes, meetings this week could become cutthroat and contentious, sources tell The Athletic. Then the report comes out from Pete Thamel, ESPN. They talked about a 14-team playoff. We haven't even got 12 yet and enjoyed that for the next couple of years, which Pat's right. They're going to screw this up, and they can't even they, they, they get in their own way here. I, I would absolutely bet on the playoff going to 16 games sooner than later. Oh, I'd, I'd make that bet with anybody right now. I'd maybe put it in five years. Do you really have a good case if you're the 13th team? Can you really sit there and say, this is outrageous, well, we got robbed? I mean, what? Most people will tell you oh, absolutely God. not. Yeah, right? I, mean, I would say 12's pr- fine. I'm good with 12. People, you want to go with the buys and the campus sites to start? The buys are important because you're playing for something, and that's you, you get that time off like you'd have the, the 10 days off. I mean, Paul, you don't have you, to play that first yeah, game. If, if, you're, you go, if you're the five, you get the group of five team likely. Um, they're not, we don't, we don't, like the Liberty, whatever. Yeah, if you're going to go based on power ratings, betters would tell you that TCU never belonged even close to yeah. the playoff last year. They were a two-touchdown dog in the title game, and they were just run yeah. out by 50. You know what I'm saying? Right, um, right. So, yeah, they're well, always going to have a major uh, issue with this. I'll say this, and, and, we, and, and Pat's connected guy and knows everything about the automatic bids. If they go with those automatic bids then there's no reason to have conference title games. Oh, please, get rid of them. There's no reason I've to been, do it. I've been saying that for as long as they've been being played. But the other thing is you cannot have what the SEC wants, according to reports, and say they don't want those auto bids. Well, then what's the, what's the point of the regular season, then? If you're not going to have auto bids, then what are, you, what are you playing for? Then it's like... Oh. <laughs> there, there is absolutely no reason to have conference title games. None. It's all about money. That's it, period. Right. We, we never... People think that we need them because they're played and they're exciting. You don't need them. It's well, actually worse for the sport. It, this should go away now because you're going to have you're not going to have uh, divisions anymore. But my biggest fear is someone gets the auto bid who's six and six. This should happen because with the tomfoolery yeah. of divisions, it's like they you have no business being in this title game to begin with, and you can steal an automatic bid here and a, and a top seat. What, what is team number 11 catching against team number one, typically, in a year? Two touchdowns? I mean, there is a, there has been a no, no. pretty I mean, significant be, drop-off. What would be the perfect example? Would it have been Georgia-Missouri this past year? Although that was not played on a neutral? No, that's probably, in the, that's, that's probably in the wheelhouse, like I would that. think. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. But then again, I love all this, too, because... I don't want to hear about what a line would be on a neutral when you just see all the upsets all the time and what transpired. I mean, maybe this is going to be I mean, overall, look at Washington and Oregon. Yeah, maybe this is going to be a good thing overall for the sport where we actually get some more parity involved. Huh? Would that be a bad thing? Yeah, no, oh, great call. But that's, I, I don't want, we, we might have the SEC and Big Ten just calling the shots, though. I am, and it's you, guys, you guys just get the leftovers. It's going that whatsoever, way. And who knows what's going to happen with the ACC. But what, but what's gonna, yeah, what's going to be the argument? The Pac-12 is toast. Yeah, the the Big Twelve is trending towards a crappy kind of conference. The ACC, who that Florida State doesn't even they want to go bye bye. Where's Clemson going to end up? So it's gonna it's gonna be those two leagues and nobody else basically. Well, what what are you good with though? Eight of the twelve. Uh, yeah, well, if nine they, of the fourteen. Yes, if they have every team, well, sure, that's what it's going to be like then. There was a way to do this and keep the conferences, but they decided yeah. not to do that. And as a result, maybe well, that maybe at the end of the day, that's going to what 
be what creates parity? Is that just every team plays in the same league? Or two leagues, that's it. So. It's just, it's, it's wild though, right? It's, we haven't even got to this point yet and they're already kicking around a 14. Well, I'd like and, to go and back. Then, and then you have all these meetings. They have meetings to set up a meeting. Then they have another meeting that's like, okay, well, here's the plan. But that's only two years. Then we're going to come up with something else in 2026. Uh, I'd like to what go the back hell's and, going on? and revisit the days of the 80s and the early 90s to hear from people who never wanted a playoff. Just that the slime would be oozing through the TV listening to them talk. No clue. How, it just all about money getting in lining their pockets, oh, no. and that was it. Yeah, right. I mean, it was the pure stupidity of it oh, and fighting it for years is off again, the charts. The, the book still, it still carries today. It still holds up. You got to read Death to the BCS yeah. by Dan Wetzel. Guys making $600,000 a year to put together a bowl game. Yeah. That's all it was. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I can't believe McCarthy could go top 10. But what do you think with some of these numbers here? What could happen with the draft? Well, okay. So your reaction is a guy who used to root for the Minnesota Vikings. They're the shortest shot in the board to draft him at plus 450. They are picking 11th overall in the draft. Would you lose your mind if the Vikings took him there? Yes. Yeah, so would I. The Raiders are 5-1 to one to draft McCarthy. They're picking 13th overall. The, the Raiders can't do that. The Raiders have to go and get a veteran quarterback. You're, you can't take J.B. serious about this. You can be a playoff team next year. You can't go to war with J.J. McCarthy. That's not... They, stop. Broncos are also 5-1. to one. Falcons are plus 550 to get him. I, I still, maybe I'm dead wrong on this. I'm fighting yeah. the idea of him even being a first-round pick. I know. I'd rather have Penix, I'll tell you that. I'd take Penix, and I'd, I'd rather have Bo Nix. I really would. People might laugh and say, well, he, that guy shouldn't even go t- first two rounds. I don't think To he... me, this stuff, and I, I said the same thing about, um, who was the kid at Washington? Who, uh, Quarterback? Locker. What was yeah, his name? Yeah, Jake Locker. Yeah, Locker, Ponder. That draft, Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert. I mean, what were we doing? Those guys were going top eight, top five. It was crazy what they were, uh, where they were going in the draft. Yeah. So it's just like, well, we have to have a quarterback go after these other big three, just because the guy won a championship. We can play this game all day with what we had at Alabama. Mm-hmm. I tell you M- what, M- M- McCarron, McElroy. I mean, all those guys and the, and the lack of success that these Alabama quarterbacks have had. But that goes back to who thought AJ McCarron was going to be a great pro. Or Greg McElroy, and that—that's, I, I think this is laughable that McCarthy could go top ten, top fifteen. No, I'm just, with you. I, I wouldn't take him it. in the first round. No, uh, Jaden Daniels, the Patriots are plus one fifty. Of course, they're picking third overall. The Commanders are plus one sixty-five. Well, let's pretend for a second here that the Commanders take Drake May. Daniels is there on the board. Is it a given that the Patriots are taking him third overall? I don't think so. I think it's going to be wide receiver. So do I'm, I. I'm really, I really think this is going to happen. So how about the Giants at 15-1? to 1? They're picking sixth. Are they going to try to run it back with Danny Dimes? And by the way, I've also heard the uh, replays of what Michael Lombardi's been saying here on this network yep. about Saquon Barkley. It makes all the sense in the world. He's like, y- you've had Saquon Barkley. You're not winning games with the guy. Now you want to pay him? Yeah. And you expect to win after that? How? Did you watch any of the hockey at MetLife? I was I was traveling. Okay, but the, the, anyways, they Barkley was there, and they interviewed. They said, "I'm here with two legends." It was Barkley and Devito. They were in, they interviewed him during the hockey game. 
Two legends, huh? I go, wait a second here. What, what are we doing? The guy wins one game. Uh, incredible. But that's, I thought Lombardi <laughs> made, made a great point. I know. Now, are you just blowing, are you moving on from Danny Dimes here too? Well, I mean, he's, that, it's that was, now that was the one that got me. That guy had one good, half a year. Yeah. Which 40 was million? Oh. Paul? Come oh, on. They're in what such are we doing? a rush. We got to hang on to him. You never know. It's I like. Know it. You you feel that way about a girl? It's like, wow, she's beautiful. There's plenty of them out there. You, don't worry about it. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Why were you so desperate to hang on to Danny uh-huh. Dimes? And you just saw how bad this season went. And the guy just lightning in a bottle for like six games. How about Marvin Harrison minus two dollars to go to the Cardinals? He's plus three fifty to go to the Bears. Plus three fifty to go to the Patriots. Yeah, I don't think he'll be there at four. I really think this New England thing's going to happen. And just say, if you, that's fine. If you're not sold on May and Daniels, and I wouldn't be, I'd rather say, now I understand your concerns about who's going to get him the ball, but I'd like to go through the free agent route and find my quarterback and yeah. then team up on which I know I have the Randy Moss with Harrison and uh, take him. Right. Because what's the problem, Ben, for a long They have no playmakers. That's right. As long as they have a plan in place this offseason to get a veteran quarterback, then I'm totally fine taking Marvin Harrison. But if they don't, and they're going to try to go with Bailey Zappi or God, come on, it's not going to be Mac Jones. And you put Marvin, you're going to waste Marvin Harrison. There's no point taking him then in the first round. Mm. Um, Penix is plus 320 to go to the Seahawks. That's your angle? You like that yeah, one? Yeah, with the grub news? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're picking 16th overall. That's first yeah. round. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying he's going to go there. Sure, but, right. But I think with that news, that was uh, that that's in play here. And I don't who think knows? you do. No, they they are gonna they are they did pick up that option. They're, they're paying Geno twelve million, whatever it is. But there's a good chance Geno maybe isn't their starting quarterback. Sure. And the Seahawks could easily trade down in the first yeah, round, right. picking sixteenth overall, and maybe like early second round. In fact, if they gobble up some picks, I understand the injury concern. I don't know how you watch yep. that kid play and you just don't fall in love with. Penix totally agree. Yep. Mike Palm, VP, Circa Resort Casino, coming up next questions about player etiquette and a team or two he has his eye on for the madness all next year on vsin as someone who lives for politics when a major scandal unfolds it was shocking i have to know what were they thinking Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. 
It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today.